Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Uh, Before we go to our next interview, did you know that there's a Real Presence radio app? I know we talked a lot about this, Brad, that this app, it's out there. And you can listen live or you can go and find the podcast from previous shows like this one. So look for it on the App Store. Absolutely. All right. We are moving into our, our final guest of the day. We have Christopher Dodson, the Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference, on the line with us. Good morning to you, Christopher. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on with us this morning. So uh, to begin with, let's uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Um, I've been the Executive Director and General Counsel for the conference since 1995. Uh, we represent the, the bishops of North Dakota on public policy matters before the North Dakota legislature and sometimes on federal issues. Um, and we just finished a, another legislative session. Okay. So you mentioned your executive director and general counsel. What's what's the distinction there? Like, what does the general counsel do? No, it's also the attorney for okay. the conference for gotcha. the bishops. Gotcha. Okay, so um, North Dakota recently passed uh, SB 2030. What is this bill, and why is it important for the pro-life movement? Uh, The best way to explain what this bill is about is sort of chronology, uh, chronological in a story. Okay. Um, Some years ago, I think uh, starting in 2016, a researcher at NDSU accepted a federal grant um, and then uh, accepted a federal grant to, to do something regarding sexual education and then turned that money over, most of it, to Planned Parenthood to run that um, program mm. and and then called it research. Um, and she studied like the before and after effects. Uh, North Dakota's had a policy for some time, many years, that uh, restricting our work with abortion providers. Uh, Technically, this didn't fall into that, uh, because it was not about abortion, and because it didn't deal with family planning. So it fit between two different laws, sort of Mm -hmm. a loophole that we didn't expect when the law was passed back in, I think, 1978 originally. Wow. So... Um, a number of legislators expressed concern to NDSU about the use of this grant, and it nevertheless continued. And then in 2019, after the legislative session, or right toward the end of the legislative session in 2019, over 90 legislators wrote to President Prashani, expressing again strong disapproval that this program was continuing. Um... Basically, the university thumbed its nose to the legislators, and that so this session, a number of legislators said enough is enough, and they added on to a bill, which was, um, um, let me back up, there's a matching grant bill that's passed in the last few sessions. That provides a dollar to two dollar match um, to foundations that the university has for scholarships, and it's called the challenge grant. Um, the legislation was amended on the Senate floor to say a university or college in the system can't get these challenge grants from the state if they partner with someone who 
performs and promotes abortion. Mm. Um, and that was the beginning of the controversy of 2030. Okay. It was the, so the challenge grants became the vehicle, the, the bill to do this by. And then it went to, it passed the Senate, it went to the House, um, and the university system strongly opposed it. Um, now, the bill was amended in the House in a few ways. One, it was made it clearer that um, you can't do business with an abortion provider, you can't partner with an abortion provider, and it repeated a part of an existing law that says um, any program by the um, state, including the state universities, cannot, between abortion and childbirth, not uh, prefer abortion. It has to prefer childbirth. That's been the law for a long, long time. And apparently the universities were ignoring it, we found out, in mm. the hearings in the House. Was Does it just, sense so far? Was it, yeah, was it just that people didn't know about this law, or how did they, how did they um, manage sometimes, that? Sometimes it happens, sometimes they think it doesn't apply to them. Mm. Um, I, I, have, I have learned through the years that uh, many agencies didn't know about the law, or didn't care about it, and so in 2011, I was involved in drafting a revision to our Abortion Control Act, and I made it clearer that it applies to every agency of the state. So it was very clear that this applied to them since 2011. Hmm. Um, then in the hearings, the, um, the opposition came from the faculty and from President Borshani at NDSU, and from the, and to somewhat at, the, at that time, the university system in the U.S., hmm. um, claiming that it would violate academic freedom um, and jeopardize their accreditation, etc. Um, a, a few responses to that is one, we don't think it infringes on academic freedom. One, because and it wouldn't affect accreditation, one, because that existing law, that part's been there since 2011, and they haven't lost accreditation. Mm -hmm. And the only really new thing in the bill was you can't partner with an abortion provider. It doesn't say anything about the type of research or the teaching or anything like that, just that when you do it, you can't partner with an abortion provider. In other words, the research that NDSU was doing they could still do it, the exact same thing, under the, under this law. Um, they just can't do it with Planned Parenthood. Hmm. Planned Parenthood, in that case, um, is Planned Parenthood, Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, does over 6,000 abortions a year. The state shouldn't be involved with someone who has that much death on their hands. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just state policy, and it makes sense, and it doesn't have anything to do with academic freedom. You wouldn't say that they could partner with... Um, a hate group, or money launderers, or a rogue nation. We have rules against who you can partner with all the time, in government and in the university system. It doesn't have to do with academic freedom. Mm -hmm. So so you said this passed the so, Senate, it went to the House. Yeah. yeah. So, so what happened then was President Brashadi gave a speech to the House committee that he would not ban to this, and 
let's just say it did not go over well with the House members. Hmm. And the House members then added to the bill a section that said, not only can you not get the challenge grants, but you're going to be subject to a penalty of over $2 million if you do this. And a person who signs the contract will be subject to a misdemeanor. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so they added a... They, it, he, he, he made things worse hmm. for the university system. Let's just put it that way. Wow. It passed the House. It then went to the Senate for a conference committee. And um, they didn't agree at first, but then in the conference committee, the House didn't budge, and the bill that eventually came out was the bill that was in the Senate. Hmm. So then it goes to Governor Burgum. At this time, the university system as, as a whole, the statewide system, was more, is more involved in opposing it. And um, they um, wrote to the governor, and um, you know, I wrote a response to their letter to the governor addressing what I thought was the errors and legally and some other claims that they made. What the governor did is he signed the bill, but he vetoed those extra penalties I talked about. Oh, that's the $2 million penalty? Right. So what you have now is um, sort of like the original version of the Senate. Um, You can get the challenge grants. But you cannot get them if you partner with an abortion provider in anything in the university. Okay. So now it's in the university's hands. If they want those challenge grants, which help students get scholarships, they really have to follow what we always thought was the law. Mm-hmm. And what's very important is Governor Burgum, in his veto statement, signing statements, it's, you know, whatever you want to call it, made it clear that the 2011 law that I mentioned, that hmm. you can't have a program that prefers abortion over childbirth, applies to the universities, and he expects them to abide by that. Oh, really? That was that's important because, um, you know, hmm. you know, agencies and the university system apparently didn't think applied to them, and he made it clear that it did, and that he was only vetoing the penalty part. So is that uh, that's the two million dollar fi- uh, fine, but then also the the um, misdemeanor for anyone who signs or is- the misdemeanor for any, yeah, if any university system person signed the contract. Okay. So um, that's no longer an issue. Okay. Okay. So they don't have to worry about that. Gotcha. Um. So wow. right now it's up to the it's up to the campuses really. I did not realize uh, previously that a governor could. Um, sign part of a bill and veto the other part, honestly. Yeah, it definitely it gets, was a... It gets, I'm sorry, go ahead, Christopher. It gets complicated, but under the Constitution, he can, what they call a line item, a part of an appropriation bill. Hmm. And since this had to do with funding, I guess he can veto an entire section and leave the rest of the section of the bill. And it was, as long as the bill could stand on its own, with that section gone, and it can. Okay. Yeah, so Have you seen that, that much before, where it's a, like a partial signing and a partial vetoing? Um, so it happened um, a couple sessions ago okay. and raised some questions, um, but not on the issues that we've been involved in. Okay. Gotcha. 
Wow. Well, that's that's quite the uh, quite the victory for pro life that uh, that there isn't the money going to Planned Parenthood any longer, or at least there ought not be. Um, if, if the now they have said that NDSU has said that that contract ex- and grant program expires in September, and they don't plan to renew it. Okay. Um, now the law goes into effect August one. So how so did, what happens July then? One. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, because there's not an immediate penalty, and it only has to do with getting the challenge grants, by the time they would probably get those challenge grants, that program would be over. I see. On the other hand, President Prashani sent out an email to various people in the university just the other day saying that he is still looking to fight this and will um, seek an opinion from the Attorney General on how to proceed. Wow. All right, well, we're going to have to take a quick break, Christopher, but uh, well, let's come back on the other side of this with uh, with more um, as far as what's coming up legislatively in North Dakota. So we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this. Absolutely. Now, when I say blessing, you know, uh, everybody comes to mind. Now, Steve was just talking about when people meet him. Oh, you look way different than I imagined you'd be. Um, so when you trust in God, boy, you will have to fully trust in God. And the blessings you receive are not necessarily what you expect, but they are exactly what you need. And you will grow in the way that God wants you to grow because God puts you here. So anyway, you know, here I am. I'm 54 years old and I'm still growing, learning things. Um, you know, it's a never-ending fight. It's a never-ending race. And, uh, of course, you got to keep in mind that it's all won. The race is won. The fight is won. Jesus won that for us. You just got to be in it. And uh, Steve put the phrase, skin in the game. That's basically it. Go out there, take a step. This is Glenn Leffer from St. Patrick's Church in Dickinson. This is Becky Brooke from St. Anthony's in Red Owl. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Well, welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are speaking now with Christopher Dodson, the Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. Christopher, we, we were just uh, 
Well, I want to begin by saying thank you for the work that you did in defending the unborn, uh, ending the partnership with, well, hopefully ending the partnership uh, with uh, North Dakota State University and, and Planned Parenthood. Um, obviously, I think any anyone uh, that has a sense of Catholic uh, moral teaching understands that that this organization, Planned Parenthood, is an absolute violation of everything that we hold dear. Um, so it's it's a great victory to have um, that hopefully come to a close that partnership. So what else is on the uh, on the the docket there, Christopher? As far as what we're confronting here in North the North Dakota Legislature. Well, the, the legislative session's over, and now we're looking at implementation of various laws like that one. What happens next? Okay. You know, and um, and also they just chose a bunch of study issues we're going to follow things that they'll study during the interim, um, and um, they make recommendations for the next legislative session. But in somewhere in the next year, uh, we don't know when, sometime, they're going to meet again, not just for redistricting, but to look at what happens to all that money coming from the federal government for COVID relief, mm. and what can be done with that. And the conference will follow that, especially with, um, you know, uh, the the poor and the vulnerable are they going to be considered and how to spend that money um, because that's always a concern for the church. So, mm-hmm. what else happened this legislative session that was significant for us as Catholics? Uh, well, it was a, it was a great session for religious freedom, hmm. and probably the most significant. Usually, I'm babbling um, on the defensive on religious freedom issues. This year, we got two bills passed, uh, which are important. One also deals with the campuses. It's 1503, and it includes free speech and religious rights for um, student clubs. Mm. Um, that religious clubs can have access to campuses and still be able to maintain their identity and choose their own leaders. That's been a problem around the country. So we got that passed. Have we been experiencing also, that in the North Dakota educational system? Yes. Actually, the university system admitted it for the first time during the um, hearings, and we did not know it. Really? We knew it was a problem nationwide, but we found out that some of the campuses were penalizing student clubs if they insisted that they're in clubs, for example, be Catholic or be Baptist or be Lutheran um, in their membership and leaders. They mm-hmm. were penalizing them. So we we're putting it into that. Um, another bill that passed um, has two parts. It protects uh, religious freedom during emergency orders um, passed by the governor or the state health officer, and it protects religious freedom for all the persons that are institutionalized in some way by the state. That would be the prisons, the jails, Mm. the state hospital, the um, developmental center in Grafton, making sure that the residents, patients, and inmates' religious freedom is protected um, and that that's a significant victory in North Dakota. Mm. It's, um, and so I was very happy to get that passed. Awesome. Were there any uh, defeats that we suffered this time around? Um, the the fairness and sports. Mm. You know, um, to ensure that on girls' teams, the only biological girls play on boys' teams or bi- biological boys' teams. Mm. But that passed both chambers, but it was... Um, Vetoed by the governor, hmm. so that that was a defeat. Yeah. Um, other than that, it, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Sure. A lot of wins. It was a very good session. We defeated 
recreational marijuana, um, defeated all the gambling things. Um, and very importantly, um, if you remember toward the beginning of the session, there was a bill to require priests to violate the seal of confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was wonderful. And and but, that was withdrawn. So yeah. that's another big victory, another yeah, big religious freedom victory. So, yeah. Christopher, we have like two and a half minutes left, but I'd love to get your thoughts on the uh, Supreme Court case that, that they've accepted. Good. Yeah. Good, good question. Um, as someone who's followed this for a long time, I was surprised that they chose this case hmm. um, to look at. The, the conventional wisdom was that um, they would choose something that was less of a ban, in other words, like a, like a ban on Down syndrome abortion mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. clinic regulations or something like that. And um, and then test out where the court was and where Roberts was um, before something that's more of a ban comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least four of the justices, because it takes four to grant certiorari, um, four four of them must have said, "Now's the time for mm-hmm. this." And um, so, and the only question that's going to be this. Um, at issue is the viability issue. Hmm. Is that vi- that viability line um, something that should be maintained? Hmm. Uh, if we win this, um, it would open the door for a lot of things. It's not going to be an immediate ban like people say, mm-hmm. uh, but it would certainly open the door. Hmm. We have, I can think of several laws on the books now that could go into effect um, wow. in North Dakota if that viability line was changed or removed completely. In, in many ways, it undercuts the very logic of Roe v. Wade, doesn't it? Um, there is no say. logic of well, Roe I mean, v. Wade. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I know what Brad is trying to say. In this hmm. case, Mississippi, is it 15 weeks? Is that what... Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That, that'd be I huge, because we tried the 20-week and, and heartbeat thing, and... Yeah. And just for listeners to understand, what this court has always said is you can't completely ban abortion prior to viability. Mm. Right. The logic of that doesn't make sense because viability changes from place to place from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's either a person or not a person. It's a human being or not a human being, and viability doesn't make a difference because if you're an area of a developing nation... You know, viability is much later than it is in right. Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, right. And it's still a human person. It doesn't make a difference on where the person is. Right. Amen to that. So. Well, thank you, Christopher. Thank you for your great work there uh, advocating on behalf of the unborn and so many other things that uh, you're involved in there with the North Dakota Catholic Conference. It's We're, we're blessed to have you there. Well, thanks, thanks for having me on, and thanks for all the prayers. Absolutely. You bet. Thanks, Christopher. All right. Well, we've come to the end here, and we need to toss it over to Eli. Tell us what's coming up. All righty. Thanks, Brad. Got a great show coming up for you to, uh, Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Doug Jillick and Mike Kudrowski, coming to you from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. They'll start off the show with Rochelle Savageo as we continue celebrating 20 years of Real Presence Radio. Oh. Then Deacon Leonard and Laverne Kadar. We'll, we'll talk about serving the church at 85 years old. 
Plus, Mike Spencer will talk about defending life with two important questions. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. And of course, if you missed any uh, anything that happened in this show or any of the shows previous, you can find those on our website, realpresenceradio.com. Just look for the Real Presence Live podcast or on the Real Presence Radio app. Right back to you. Thank you, Eli. That's great. Sounds like there's good stuff coming. Yeah, there always is. And just so grateful for Real Presence Radio Mm -hmm. and so grateful for our listening audience. Uh, There's there's a lot of issues to tackle out there, but it's through our faith that we can really see progress. And it's neat uh, through Real Presence Radio to get, uh, you know, tapped into so many awesome resources Mm -hmm. that we have out here. You know, I I really loved having the conversation with Dr. Cotella. Uh, from the uh, American College of Pediatricians. That, and that, like I said before, just such an important, important issue right now. And, and with uh, Deacon Dr. Mark Creechie, mm-hmm. I mean, we yep. do need to be missionary disciples. I, I mean, get, get filled up with your holy friends, and, but you need to break out and get out into yep. the world and share that joy. Yeah, and I want to offer an invitation once again for any men in the listening area to come to uh, the Made for Greatness Men's Retreat on July 16th through the 18th. Monsignor Gregory Schlossman and Matt Simmons, who we had on as our third guest. They're both rock stars. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's it's a thoroughly manly venue. It's a, like a hunting uh, retreat uh, lodge. It's got animals all over the place, and it's just, it's phenomenal. Is Monsignor Schlossman going to be riding in on his horse? Almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> you should arrange that. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be having a big a big roaster and roasting a pig out there, and it's just going to be phenomenal. So uh, check that out at fargodiocese.org slash MFG, stands for Made for Greatness. So fargodiocese.org slash MFG. Uh, it's been great being with you all this morning. Let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, Father and, and to, to the, the Son, and to the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and, and ever shall, shall be. be. World, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all. Uh, we look forward to being with you next time. Yeah, have a great weekend. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.